This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Bungard, would you say you get Origin? I just don't get it. <laughs> I'll tell you who does though, Queensland. They get I'm it. constantly trying to get Origin, but my status as a New South Welshman prohibits that reality. It's like Moe's staring at the wall. you just like, just nothing ever comes. You just can't work it out. But they can. <laughs> 12 men... Uh, ben Hunt playing in the centers. David Fita playing on the other side in the centers. I think they were down to nine men at some point. I like... believe they were playing sevens at the end of the game. <laughs> I believe that the state of Queensland is facing a population crisis it's, it's because of all the injuries sustained at Adelaide Oval. Correct. Um, but yeah, what a sensational last 10 minutes for Queensland. Uh, we will obviously have the full preview show on Friday, but we figured we'd jump on and do like 20 minutes, half an hour. Right now, while the while the takes are still hot, I'm yet to write my thing for tomorrow i'll probably do that after this you've i assume already put something in the can for tomorrow uh you know my thing went live about oh, straight away minutes ago yeah all right fantastic uh so what was your what was your key takeaway from this before well, we look at the basic, game as a whole basically i thought this was this was just the classic queensland origin story wasn't it this is the mm. tale that they never get tired of, of of telling each other you know and and you could you could tick off the sort of harbingers of such a performance as they appeared. You know what I mean? Was there a fast and confident start that put the favoured blues on the black on the back foot? Yes, there was. Were there a couple of refereeing decisions that were probably correct by the book, but looked crook enough to get the blood boiling? Yes, there were. You know, were there a couple of injuries just to make it all a little bit tougher? Yes, there was. Were there sensational efforts from unlikely heroes? Yeah, there were plenty. Like this was if you sat down and 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 you got the platonic ideal of a Queensland origin victory, a backs to the wall, no one thought we could do it. Queensland spirit, better than 95. New South Wales don't get origin. If you wanted to take all that Queensland stuff that 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 is real and is mm. true and 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 it exists between the Queenslanders because they tell each other about it so much. It exists, it's real because they believe in it. And because they believe in it, that makes it real. Like that was this game distilled down to its essence. You know, I I felt like New South Wales had the better of nearly every second of the game, except when Queensland was scoring tries, you know, and up until the last 10 minutes when all of a sudden the gears kind of flicked and Queensland found what they needed. And I, I guess that's the biggest takeaway for me is that like Queensland just always find what they need when they need it. Mm. They always have the answers when it counts and the blues are just left asking more questions. Yeah. For me, like, again, it was just another example of the blues just being absolutely profligate when they've got so much ball down Queensland. Then, I mean, for me, I, a lot of people are going to razz on to Vita Pango Jr. And I don't think he played great, but their forwards as a whole were fine. The forwards did enough to win the game. That's not where they lost this game. They lost this game by just having plenty of ball in, in good starting positions and not doing anything with it. And I really don't know if the ax is going to fall at all or whom it's going to fall on, because I think Luai, who I wrote in my preview thing, that is, it was the guy that would be most likely to be scapegoated about all this. I actually think he had the best game out of any of those spine players, or if you, even if you want to include the backlight, anyone from one through seven plus nine. I think he probably had the best game at all of them, except for maybe Toto and Crichton. He looked, so, he, he looked the most likely. Like if there yeah. was creative things happening, it looked like it was going to happen around him. Yeah. So 
with that in mind, it's difficult to see what they're going to do for game two because as sacrilegious as it might seem, I mean, the drums, I mean, not for not from you, but the drums are beating from a lot of people about changing the halves, changing even the fullback, but like they're not going to drop James Tedesco and Nathan Cleary. Well, and I don't think that they don't think they should, but let's, we, we can jump all the way let's back. Let's worry about start, that at the end. Let, let's still talk like. about this game. So I thought that starting off, you nailed it there. Queensland with their classic opening ambush that sort of catches the bosom. I thought Reese Walsh was sensational early on. He was, he had the guts to go up for a couple of difficult kicks, including that one where it looked like he might have got a cheeky little kung fu kick out on the on the kick chases. Yeah, Billy's been through. teaching him, hasn't he? Uh, hasn't he just? Him. Hasn't he just? But Sense, I he was Sensei built the cruel tutelage of Billy Slater. That's actually, see, off on season Reece six Walsh. of Cobra Kai is actually just Billy Slater and Reese <laughs> Walsh's relationship. It was an interesting direction from the creators of the show that American audiences would understand uh, the relationship between two rugby league fullbacks from Australia. But I support it. Um, but yeah, no, he. I thought he was sensational early on. And then I, I think that Hudson Young's first couple of involvements, I thought were really good. The first two things he did was basically get up in Daily, Daily, Daily Chair Evans' face and rattle him a fair bit. And I thought that that's the kind of thing that they picked him for. They picked him to sort of bring this aggression, bring this niggle to this team that that was coming up against a Queensland team that we did say probably had a little bit more of that as a whole. But then sort of as the game went on, and as the minutes went on after the first five to 10 minutes, I think that sort of the fire went out of it a tiny little bit and New South Wales just kind of lost their way very quickly. I'm not sure I'd agree with you there. To me, the Blues were always, for, for large parts of this match, they were physically dominant. And I didn't think Queensland could move the ball up the middle of the field unless the Blues let them do it. If you look at, as mentioned on, on commentary ad nauseum, but both those early Maroon tries come from set starts, come from penalties. When the ball was in play and and the game got into that grind, the Blues forwards and, and and their back five were vastly superior when it came to yardage, and they were able to get good field position and hustle the Maroons into mistakes. But then they just couldn't do anything with it when they got down there. When they got sort of got when they got into that good ball position, for a team that's uh, with a lot of guys who have played together before, either at club level or Origin level, I thought they were shockingly um, shockingly incoherent. You know, there just wasn't a lot of a lot of unity, a lot of cohesion with what they were trying to do you know they'd try and play fast and passes would hit the ground and they'd look really fr frantic they'd try to play slow and the queensland the lighter faster queensland team were able to swarm them and you know i, I think that's on i think that's something that falls on nearly all of their creative players i thought api coruscant was was pretty poor in the first half i thought isaiah yo's passing which is a really big part of what works for penrith was pretty bad as well um clearly just had one of his Bad nights where the, where the choices he's making just don't seem to be the right ones, and particularly with his end of sets, you know. And mm. Luai looked a little bit better, but even Luai and, and and Crichton, there even seemed to be some timing issues there, you know. And when 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 uh, things did start to pick up for them a little bit when Liam Martin came on, I kind of think with Hudson Young, he was probably going after the game a little bit too much. I think it was a little mm. bit too much in his head that he had to be the enforcer. And the, the, carried, the embodiment the of the embodiment of trying to make a play. Little bit, yeah, but like, but that's his style too. Big yeah, plays is his fine. style. I um, thought he carried the ball all right, and I think the try that Liam Martin ended up scoring, they ran that shape a fair bit when Hudson Young was on the field, and actually thought that sort of going off that shape was where the points were gonna were gonna come from, and and that kind of settled them down a little bit. Maybe things are different if they give mm. that Tyson Frizzell try, which I thought. I was think that is classic. This is definitely a try. We all know it's a try. But because there's no camera angle that definitively shows it on the ground, we have to just say it's not a yeah, try. That's it. Even though that's everybody it. is, everybody knows that ball hit the ground. Yeah, and and to me, like it became a bit of a 
they like the the things things started rolling downhill. The longer Queensland held them out, the more frantic the Blues mm. became. You know, like I was thinking a bit about how Penrith play, right? Because you kind of have to, because this Blues team is sort of built in Penrith's image. When you watch Penrith play, and especially in tight games, the way that they stick to the job, the way that they have total and absolute confidence in what they want to do and how they want to do it, and how they stay on that until it works, and it might it might break the opposition open after five minutes, or it might be seventy five minutes, but they always always stick to it. And then this was the exact opposite. Every time Queensland turned them away, the Blues became more and more frantic. Every time, felt like every time you know Queensland came up with a play, every time Murray Talungi held someone up, every time. Queensland just hustled and, and and did it. The Blues would look up at the scoreboard and think, fuck, why aren't we winning? Why aren't mm. we winning? We have yeah. so much ball. We have so I, much time. Why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And they just got in their own heads and they got in their own way. And that is honestly the biggest problem with them. That's surprising. a greater enemy than Queensland is, yeah, is, is just sort of their own doubts. It's surprising to me, dude, because you'll never see like back-to-back sets for Pendrick where Nathan Cleary gets the ball in the last and gets caught in possession or forgets what to do with it. And we saw that like three or four times in the first half. Like there was that one set where they were down on the goal and where he got caught in possession, managed to throw it back to Luai, then got it back again and they flung it out to the right. And I, th- I can't remember how the end, I think it was ended up being tapped forward by someone, but like, yeah, the, the, this, I don't understand how you can have the same players ostensibly. Like I know Corazza is not there anymore, but he is for all intents and purposes, part of the, the Penrith system with Luai, with Yo, with Cleary. That's all the central guys in the playmaking system. And for some reason they just didn't, they looked, a shadow of what they look like at club level in terms of organization, whether that's just because you don't have as much time and you don't have enough space as you do at club level. I mean, I don't think that should matter. I know. Like, I, I don't know if Penrith necessarily, I don't know if their system necessarily needs time and space. They're all about brute force and getting on top of people. And you're right. I think the blues forwards did that enough to the extent where the things that they do well at club level should have still been able to work. But for whatever reason, we didn't see, sort of those pinpoint attacking kicks from Nathan Cleary very much, if at all. We didn't see sort of any of those sort of moves to the left where Luwe gets the ball and puts that guy in, puts the center in space around the other center. We didn't really see any sort of endeavor from them for the most part. I think Luwe actually did have a couple of nice touches, particularly in the second half. But yeah, by and large, this just didn't look like an attack that you would associate with the team that's been the juggernaut of the NRL for the past three and a half years. Well, just beyond that, like they've all played with Teddy, with Tedesco for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah. Now. Like these aren't just blokes who are coming together. Like the part of the reason that Tom Trebojevic got picked is because he has existing combinations with all of these guys. But it, it the, but, but the Blues looked like the team who had only just been thrown together mm. in the last week, which was, which was, um, yeah, that was a bit of a, a bit of a curly one. I don't want to frame this simply as, you know, the Blues turned up and shit the bed or whatever, because. Queensland's scramble in defense and and their ability to sort of save tries that looked beyond saving was was to me quite remarkable. Like I thought Tedesco was in for sure when Talangi held him up. You know what I mean? Mm. I thought Frizzell scored with with the second Talangi one, but you know, it's off the board now, so it doesn't matter. And there were just so many times like that where there were chances that were created and and you know, the blues sort of managed to get something going, but then a Queenslander would appear and they just shut it down, you know? And all of a sudden the Blues, despite having all this ball, having all this field position and the Maroons only having two shots, the Maroons were going in the better. And I I think you could see on those two Maroon tries that you could just see that they were playing an attack with a greater confidence. You know what I mean? On the, on the first uh, Taboo Fido try, Tedesco's out of position and Munster just spots it. But on the second one, on that nice big spread, you know, did the, like the Blues barely got a spread like that going the entire game, you know, and maybe that's because the Queenslanders 
have had more time together as a spine or, or whatever, or maybe it's just because they were playing with a, a greater freedom and a greater confidence. I don't know, but and Queensland, why, Queensland just sort of found that thing that they always seem to find. Why are they jamming in? Always look to be why are they jamming in? Why are they jamming in on that play when Queensland don't even have centers at that point? <laughs> like, it just seemed oh, reckless. In the on the se- in the second half, do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the last try. Oh, sorry, oh, not the last, last try. Sorry, um, the, the second. I sorry, I, I, I was going to forget I was, about Munster, but yeah, I was the more second talking last about try. First, the first Cobo one, but um, I think on that one, I think the the Queensland just surprised them with their width, playing with that sort of width from their own half at that at that point in the game, because that was I, I might be fucking up the timeline here, but that was only like what like two minutes after the Flegler sin bin. Yeah. So I imagine the Blues were maybe thinking, okay, Queensland are just going to try and consolidate and get up the field here. And then Queensland just go wide and they play with that confidence. And Munster skirts around Hines, who isn't a regular center, so we can't, we're not going to hang him for that. And then bang, away you go. Past that O'Carr, who I thought looked underdone. Yeah. Look, um, I, and then Tabuai Fido just just swerves past Teddy and game over. Yeah, it's interesting. I know that we a couple of weeks ago, like when the team was picked, my, my main concern with picking both of those guys was as great as... Tom Tavoyevich and Josh Odokar are. I mean, Tom Tavoyevich has looked a shadow of himself for most of the year up until that game against Canberra. And I, I still wasn't confident to put Odokar in this team after one NRL game. And I think both of them looked underdone in this one. And it's weird, right? Like, because when they played Canberra a week ago, Tavoyevich, uh, I wouldn't say he looked all the way back, but he looked a lot better. But then tonight, he just sort of, again, had the sort of the slow turning circles. He didn't have that pace, didn't have that explosiveness. It was weird. It seemed like he'd taken a step backwards from what we saw of him last Sunday in Canberra. Yeah, it was a strange one. There were a couple of times where, um, even before that 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 last moment with Tabo Fido, I know Trebojevic was off the wall. There were a couple of times where Tabo Fido, like, very nearly just like skirted straight around him. And if Tabo Fido does that, then it's then it shut the gate. And Trebojevic did well enough to scramble, but. Yeah, to me, the Blues' backline, yardage sensational, you know, top particularly, but probably lacked some some game-breaking abilities. And Trebojevic and Adokar are probably the people that they look to for that. Um, I was surprised that they weren't trying to – well, if he was underdone, I guess that explains why, but I was surprised they weren't trying to run more stuff for Adokar particularly um, because his speed is such, a, is such a unique weapon. But, you know, do we put that down to – the, the guys not being fit or do we put that down to poor creativity on their inside? You know, I don't know. It's kind of like six or one, half a dozen or the other. Like all I know is, is neither one helped the other. And I guess that sort of sums up the biggest problem with the blues in this. There was a lot of, there was some strong individual efforts, but stringing that together, like playing as a team was the real struggle for them in a way that it wasn't for Queensland at all. Even if guys were going down, even if Tom Gilbert's down and out for the game and Ruben Cotter has to play, out of position for 65 odd minutes or something like that. You know, Queensland just found a way to adapt to the match as it went on. And the blues just struggled to do that. It was like the blues had their plan and they were sticking to it. And Queensland were, were, were reacting to what was going on around them, you know, and what you put that down to, I'm not sure, but that's a, to me is a big reason Queensland rolled to win this game. Yeah. It's, it's, I just, yeah, you, we touched on it briefly, but yeah, Mari Talangi's efforts on both of those, both of those no tries were fantastic, but I feel like James Jessica maybe could have passed that one. I don't know. It's easy to say with hindsight, and I know that so many times in his career he's just barged through players in that situation, but it felt like he had an open winger if he just looked to his right. But I don't know. What did you think? What is this on the the first one? Tedesco's it... held up. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have to see it again, but I did think Tedesco was, was run first all night. Um, mm. 
I think when he's a bit low on confidence, that's what he defaults to. You know, we know he can pass, but he's always going to be a runner. First and foremost, um, he's coming under a lot of criticism at the moment, and that's something that will continue in the days to come. I thought he was, he was, he was, he was definitely busy with ball in hand, but it, it looked it was, like he was just yeah. struggling to connect well, with the rest of the team. You know, again, I, mean? I know we judge James Esco at, at a different scale than most players because of how good he is, but I did think that was one of his poorer Origin games. Yeah, I do too. Like, I do too. Um, um, and stuff like slipping over when he's got. Taboo Fido bearing down on him or Lindsay Collins jumping over the top of him for a player of Tedesco's caliber and his pedigree. That's, um, that's pretty, that's, that's a big thing to come back from. Collins jumping over him is yeah, that's the sort of great. thing that will be replied. For I want to be, at, I want to be at Roosters training the first day where they're both. Back. <laughs> um, can I have a word? Can I have your word as my friend? That yep. For the rest of the year, you won't say that any South player is primed for a big one because it seems like every time you say someone's primed for a big one, they shit the bed. It's the kiss of death. It really yeah. is. It's like Mike Coltrane <laughs> tips and you saying someone's primed for a big one. Not good. Yeah. Will I use, the, will I use this power to fight crime or for evil? No, but oh. yeah, I, I, I really thought, I really thought that we were going to get a, a sort of classic Tedesco display and we just didn't. And mm. Well, again, I thought, you know, carried the ball well, just linking in with the attack was a real struggle for him. And like there's the Addo Car, there's the Addo Car um one where he could have thrown it to him, but there was also another one off a quick tap where Hudson Young was pushing up into a hole. This was really early. I think this was about fifteen minutes in. And I think if Teddy gives it to him, Hudson Young would have scored. But but I think Teddy was just sort of really trying to focus on get his running game going, which according to the numbers he did, but on the whole, I think he was a little bit ineffective, which which is something I never thought I'd say about him in an origin match. Yeah, I do. Like, again, he's been New South Wales' best player in the past decade, and it's not considerably close either. So the idea that people are lining up to have him dropped after this game, I think is pretty funny. And then on top of that, I think it's doubly funny that you'd want a guy who you didn't, you weren't happy with his performance tonight, even though he still ran hard, tackled hard and made a lot of meters. And you want to replace him with Dylan Edwards. (laughs) That doesn't make much sense to me either. Like to me, if you were going to, if you were going to replace Tedesco because you want to go in a different direction, it feels like you'd you'd pick someone who's a completely different player, like Latrell. Or, or I'm not. I and I honestly think the team is still better with Tedesco fullback and Latrell in the centres. But as great as Dylan Edwards is, I can't imagine like that he out there tonight would have made any great difference to much of what the Blues did. Oh, uh, he might have done better defensively. Oh, sorry, he might um, have not got out jumped by Lindsay Collins. That is true. Well, yeah. <laughs> And he is a I great really, defender, but I have a vague memory of Lindsay Collins until he got into like senior grades. I think he might have been a winger. Really, I have a really vague memory of that. I could be remembering that wrong. Right, but, if one of um, our noted Q Cup perverts wants to get in touch, yeah, yeah, I, I, straight, I, I, I do. don't know. I might just be, I might just be struck down with um with Origin madness. But anyway, we've talked probably a bit too. Yeah, let's much talk about, about Queensland about the Blues. We've got to hit. We've got to hit our Queensland. Our Queensland guys. That Selwyn Cobbo finish where he sort of slides, that was that was remarkable. I've watched a lot of footy. I've never seen a finish like that where he slides along like he's a fucking rock star or something. You know what I mean? That was so cool. Yeah, that um that was great. Like just striking a pose as you score what you at the time think is the winning try in origin must feel pretty great. Uh, ended up being pretty damn important, of course. And yeah, that that was so slick. I thought Hammer, what a turnaround in Hammer's career. And by the way, look. We all we a, a long running theme on this show has been for the past couple of years is how we talk about the Cowboys never cop any slack for the guys they let go, 
Like where the Tigers and other teams always get the how do they let him go treatment. Like no one ever talks about the Cowboys letting Brandon Smith or Bill Kickow or or Kalen Pong or plenty of these other guys go. And they couldn't find a spot for this guy in their back five. Not at fullback, not anywhere. And he has been remarkable for the Dogmans this year. And he was fantastic in this game. And yeah, I just think it's just a sensation. You've got to be happy for him. He seems like a good dude. And from where he was in his career to what, coming off the bench and playing 10 minutes for the Cowboys last year to where he is now, like scoring, scoring tries for fun for the Dolphins and getting a double in origin. Like, I mean, you've got to just be delighted for him, don't you? Well, yeah, I want to, I want to wrap three of the young Queenslanders. I want to wrap Welsh. I want to wrap, wrap Cobbo. And I want to wrap the hammer and not because of the great attacking plays that they made, although they did make great attacking plays, you know, but we knew Selwyn Cobbo could, could finish off tries in a remarkable fashion. We know that Tabwai Fido can, can go all the way from deep in his own end. And we know that Reese Walsh can find beautiful attacking touches when he needs it. I, I, I think I said on the preview show that I wanted the Blues to, to target those guys and, and try and pressure them into mistakes. And they did try and pressure them, but the mistakes never came, you know. Until that pass to Cobbo, this was not an open, free-flowing Reese Walsh type game. Yeah, but under the high ball, like as you mentioned before, under the high ball, he was great. Under heavy pressure, and and the Blues were coming after him, but he stood up to it. And it was the same with Cobbo. They were kicking to Cobbo all the bloody time, as they should have. Cobbo's made a lot of mistakes in a lot of Broncos games this year, but mm. again, that's that's part of what Queensland. That's what Queenslanders do, man. They they rise to the occasion. They leave their old form behind and. When they put on that jersey, they just turned into something different, and that's what Selwyn Cobo did. Selwyn Cobo looked like one of the one of the best wingers in the world tonight, you know. Yeah, and he it's... looks like that for the Broncos sometimes, but sometimes he doesn't even look like that for the Broncos for eighty minutes. You know, he can score a length of the field try and then drop the next three, but no, not tonight. Not I think tonight. that tonight, 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 he he played a man's game, and so did Walsh. I was very, very impressed with both of them. Both, like both of those guys, like to me, like there's a lot of intangible qualities you can look for in a player that you can go, oh. This guy's going to succeed at origin. This guy's not. To me, that confidence and that swagger that both of those guys have is so high up that list for me because, like, you can be the most talented player in the world, but if you get in your own head in situations, if you can let the occasion get to you, you're going to wilt when there's pressure and there's no more pressure at any level than at state of origin. But, like, those two guys just don't care. They don't give a shit. Like, especially if Colin makes a mistake at the Broncos, he doesn't care. He'll try again later. Reese Walsh will throw himself into contact. He'll throw himself into kick contests. He'll throw himself into anything. He doesn't give a shit. And when you just have that fearless attitude, that's so powerful, especially at this level, I think. Because if if you don't care about failing, you're probably going to succeed. Well, Walsh is Walsh is pretty, but he's a killer. Yeah, he's a killer, man. Like he's a people might look at him and think he's flash and fancy and that, and he is. And they might see him, they think, oh, this is a real pinup boy. And he but his is, work but rate like, is so fucking good. But man. he's he's tough, man. He's a dog. He's a dog. He he's is. Got he that is. Dog in him, bro. The he's, rare he's pretty got, dog. Yeah, man. He's he's a he's a he's a he's a real fighter. And I already thought that he was, but to to see him do it in a game like this and was, was just, yeah, could, could not be more impressed with, um, with the pair of them. Yeah. Like it's, it's remarkable. And then I thought that, I mean, what, what do you, what do you make about the, the hooker rotation stuff again? I think that they, they, they complimented. I know that Grant's first touch wasn't great. I think he turned the ball over, but I think overall they, they complimented each other very well again. Well, I think it really, the two hooker approach really benefits the game as it goes on mm. because both those guys are not just really good dummy halves. They're both capable at first receiver, you know, Hunt and center it. apparently. Yeah. And well, Ben Hunt can do anything. <laughs> like if there are any task you would not trust Ben Hunt to complete, except Cat- for catching a golden point kickoff in a grand final. I was about to say, it. there you go. Except for that, <laughs> except for that, there's nothing he can't do, but that, that, 
just opens up the entire field for them. And if you look at that Tabuai Fido try again, it's because Grant and Hunt are able to link in the middle of the field as first receivers. It's the reason why I think they play the ball nearly on the right touch line and it gets all the way over to the left to to create the break and create the space for Tabuai Fido. And I think Queensland sort of finishing strong is where the benefits of picking a lighter, faster, nastier team came through because the Blues had the power edge for probably the first 60 minutes, but then maybe about the 60th minute to about the 70th, you could see the game slowly coming to Queensland because mm. they were because they're light and they're fast. Even when they, they got that bin, the I still thought they something was going to happen. That they can keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, you know? And in the end, that's what won them the game. They were able to weather the storm. They were able to sort of take the heavy punches and then they were able, they were too quick and too fast when it counted, you know? Yeah, like it, it, it did feel like it was turning even when they got that sin bid, which was very funny. They kind of snuck that in there. No one really realized at the time because of what was going on. But yeah, it, you would be an absolute fool to to count Queensland out at any point in an origin game when they're only trailing by two points, especially when they've only got 12 players on the field. But like for me, it always just felt like there was another twist in the tail coming, even after that sim bin. It always felt like something else was going to crack and it didn't ever feel like the Blues were comfortable. Um, I just wasn't expecting it to come in the way that it did with that long range try. I thought that, I think that the Blues were just very naive defensively on that set and it was probably an avoidable situation, but at that point, no one, you didn't think the Blues were coming back from there, right? I didn't. After that Tabai fit out try, no. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I that 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 felt like the that felt like the game to me. I um I was a little bit surprised at the man of the match decision for Ruben Cotter. I think he got who through a mountain. Who, who would you have given it to? I think he got through a mountain of work, but I mean it, it's hard to that was the other thing. I sat down and thought about it afterwards. I think I probably would have said like he he got through a mountain of tackles. I think I've I mean you could Justify giving it to Taolungi for those two try savers. I thought Reese Walsh had a very, very good game as well. But um, yeah, I think that it was maybe Carrigan as well. But like, I just don't think that it, it wasn't really, because my first reaction was like, oh, that's that's strange. But then my second reaction was kind of like, actually, it was a pretty good team performance. Like, no yeah. one really jumped off the page, did they? There's, they just had a lot of guys chip in like even if you look at the meters for the forward pack like Carrigan led it with 140 but like that's not eye popping and then there's the three guys with 120 or so each and then the rest are hovering at 100 I don't know I think I might have given it to Talangi or the hammer if I if I had a gun to my head but I I, yeah. I, I don't know I, I I agree with you in that it was a great team effort and there was a lot of guys who had really great moments but to me Cotter sort of typified the spirit of the performance the most the way Queensland played was best embodied by one person, and that was Ruben. That was that's fair. Ruben Cotter. You know what I mean. And considering that he had to play eighty minutes and he had to play a role that he he doesn't usually play at club level, and how strong he was defensively, and and all of that. And I I think a lot of that sort of swarming Queensland stuff that we talked about earlier, when mm. the Blues tried to be slow things down and be deliberate, and Queensland sort of really got after him. I thought Cotter played a really big role in that, and I'm glad that a performance like this rewards a guy like Cotter because this is a game that Queensland won on belief in, in themselves and their Jersey and their Queensland spirit and all that sort of thing. And Ruben Cotter is a player who exists at this level because of a belief like that. That's the yep. only way a middling dummy half can become one of the best middle forwards in the competition by sort of by having that toughness and having that edge and, and having that belief in himself, you know, and I don't know, 
if he's a, I don't know if he's a Queenslander because he fights like that, or I don't know if he fights like that because he's a Queenslander. But the answer doesn't matter. It doesn't. You know, the real, the the answer doesn't matter. Because all right, you've talked me into he it. Just, he just, he just is. He just, he is what he is. The best parts of this team. He is the best parts um, of that Queensland spirit that we always hear about. Uh, any other Queensland notes you want you got before we just do a little bit of talk about what the Blues need to change for t- game two? Um, not really. I, I, I don't think so. I don't yep, think good. so. I think, I think, I think that's a bit. I think that's about it. Uh, apparently, Jaya had the cane toad hat on again, so that's that's great. After game one, that's bold. That's a big. You tempted well, the footy guys. There, there was a game one to have it to wear that's it after. True. It's when game two. How about so the dueling, cool. the dueling <laughs> Queenslander and New South Wales chance at one point at different times of the game in Adelaide? Very strange. Well, that's I a, do want to. I do want to wrap Adelaide because I was worried this was going to feel a bit flat on the crowd. Telly, was into the it. Crowd, crowd, crowd was, was big into, into it. it. Man, it was good yeah. stuff. Um, so if you're the Blues, right? Right. Okay. So I think that. The, the the key thing to that we talked about the Pangai thing earlier in the week, and the whole point was that like you don't model up your rotations as much because he can come on and play twenty minutes and then that's it. We didn't think he would bring him back on for nine minutes at the at the, in the second half in a time period where he also took Painhouse off for I think sixty five seconds and then brought him back on. Yeah, um, I... just bizarre. And then so for me, I think the most obvious, and I don't think Appy Corrissa had a pretty good, uh, had a great game either. I don't know if he can really play 80 minutes at this level. To me, the most obvious, the, the first thing, if we do anything else, is you've already got too many middles. You've got too many already. I want one of them gone, and I want Damien Cook back, and I want the other two hookers. That's the first thing I would do. That is so top you're, you're, you're going Hines and Cook on the No, bench. no, no. No, no, no. Hines isn't in the team. There's no point picking him. You're dropping Hines. I'm not, well, it sounds harsh to drop him, but there's just no point picking him. Like, where's okay. he going to play? So uh, that that's, that's I think, the, the, the best thing that they can do for their team going forward. I think that Liam Martin was incredible when he when he came on. I think it was one of the Blues' best. Oh yeah, I, I thought that, he was New South Wales' best player. And if the Blues had won, he would have been yeah. one man of the match. And which so I is think a he's crazy thing to say. It is. And I think he starts on the bench, but probably probably played his way back into starting on one of those edges. And I think Tyson Brazil didn't let himself down either. So I'm not sure if he he would want to if he'd lose his spot in my eyes. I think it might be Martin and Frizzell. because the the interesting thing is, dude, as great as Isaiah Go is. If I'm not sure you need to have him playing 80 minutes when you've got guys like Payne Haas playing less than 40 and Junior Balo and Kemar and Kemar ended up playing about 50, but and Junior Balo not playing that many minutes either. I think if you get Murray into that middle rotation as well, keep Martin and Frizzell on the edges. So you can still have Murray on the bench, but I, I would be taking Yo out at some point and sort of having because I think Haas, Balo, and Murray on the field together at some point in that game could could really be a game changing trio in the middle of the field. Well, that was when they were on the field together in the middle. I, I tr- tr- did Yo play eighty tonight? Yo, Yo played the whole game, dude. That's what Yo I'm played eighty. But sorry, when Murray and Balo were both on, I thought that's when the Blues the Blues had control of the middle for most of the game. But when Murray and Baolo were on the field together. That's when I thought that. Yeah, because people go, oh, you can't play team. you can't play Yo and Murray. Look, and that's true. But the solution isn't to shunt Murray out to the edge, where I still think he's a good player, but I think there are guys who can do that job a little bit better. The solution is to just give Isaiah Yo a rest. He doesn't need to play 80 minutes. So I think that yeah. that, and then I'd bring Trell straight back into the centers. Uh, and look, you know, I, I don't think, I, I would be dropping Tom Tobojevic, and I would be, Picking both both of the South boys in the centers, and then I'd I'd be get, what great what Graham and Mitchell. It's, it's I like I know that this isn't where this is coming from, but it is quite funny that your solution is just more South guys. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> it is that is funny when you put it like that. But I'm not the well, only one got saying Blake Taff this. in there. 
Oh, mate, give him a chance. <laughs> He's already declared for South Africa, so he can't, unfortunately. But the the interesting was I'd be monitoring Josh Adokar's club form for the next couple of weeks because I didn't think he was his mobile and his explosive best tonight. I didn't think he was anywhere near 100%. So I'd be watching that keenly for the next couple of weeks because I think that if he's not... I'd rather have 100% of Stephen Crichton on the wing than 75% of Josh Adokar. Yeah, understandable. Um, looking at the team, I don't know if they'll pull the trigger with the two with the two hookers stuff. Um, after Freddie is not a, is not afraid of making mass changes. We could see like eight changes. Loss. By the way, we we <laughs> we, we, we could. I, I think there's there's a chance that we see a very very different team in Brisbane. Um, I think Pangai Junior, who I thought was really well, good in that first stint, and then the second stint, I think he was trying too hard to make something happen, and that's where that. Poor offload came from. The Maroons got the turnover, and I think Cobo ended up scoring his second try. I think Pangai Jr. will be lucky to keep his spot. I think Hudson Young will be as well, um, just because of how well Liam Martin yeah, played. Yeah, it's, it's unlucky the... that you get hooked, and then your replacement scores a try with basically his first touch. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Martin, Martin, Martin was great, and I think if Martin had played a bit playing at club footy for the yeah, game, well, he would have got this spot over Young anyway. So I think those two guys might be in trouble. I think they'll stick with Trebojevic. I think they'll give him one last go. I think they'll give Adokar one last go. Um, of course, they'll bring Trell back in. But I think what they're going to do is give most of these guys one last chance to redeem themselves. And mm. then if it doesn't, if then if it doesn't work and they go up to Sydney two 0 down, that's when we might see the big big changes. I think Freddie will, for the most part, stick with stick with most of his guys on this one. You know what I mean? He'll dance with the one what brung him mm. a little bit because if they lose game two, there's a there's a fair chance that Freddie's not coached next year. Oh yeah. Right. I so, think I think if they're two nil down, he's already out the door, I think. I don't think there's like let's be real, dude. They've had the better team on paper for like the entire time he's been the coach. To, yeah, but uh, to, it's, to it's, lose it's, half his origin series is in no, a time I, I, where they've I, just had such I a get talent. That. I get that, but I think part of the problem is that they don't see a standout candidate That's true. to replace him. You know what I mean? There's no one that really jumps out at me or there's no one that I find that compelling a choice to to step in for him. So I don't know. But I, I, I think I think we might see changes like sort of on the fringes of the team, but I think the core of it will remain the same. I think he'll stick with the Penrith guys mm. at nine. I think he'll stick with the, the Penrith halves. I think he'll bring back Mitchell. I think he'll stick with Trebojevic. You know, I, th- I just, think Pangai Jr. and Young are the ones most likely yeah. to sort of bear the I just like, you've got to just... Loss. For me, it's like those two got like you just got to watch them at club level the next three weeks. If they can't, if they're not one hundred percent, you can't pick them again. Like I just don't feel like I, I just think it. I just think it's irresponsible. Look, I understand they're both fantastic players, but like especially that first try, like Tabojevic, like turned like a cruise ship, and Adokar did not look like the Josh Adokar that I that I've loved watching over the last few years. Like I just think that like you can't pick underdone players at this level, dude. You just can't do it. And like he's already done it once and got burned. I just feel like. If for whatever reason those guys don't back up this weekend or like they just don't look a hundred percent through the next is it two club games like I just don't see how you can run it back and pick them again. Well, well, I, well, you're presuming that they won't be like we don't. Yeah, know no, that's what, what I'm saying. I'm saying keep we don't an eye know on what them. they're we don't know what they're gonna what they're yeah. gonna look like. You know? Yeah. So I guess I guess it's it's all it's all up to them. It's yeah. all up to them. The ball's in their court. All right, uh, patrons, we'll be back with question time uh, tomorrow. Uh, non-patrons, we'll be back with the. Uh, review show on Friday. Also wrapping up Women's Origin, which is tomorrow night. Are you going out there? I will be there, yes. I, I will also be there. Fantastic.
I was hoping you would say no so I could call you sexist, but uh, you've outsmarted me once again. Uh, there'll be plenty of other reasons for you to call me sexist. It's true. Do we want to preview that really quickly? Uh, sure. What, do you, what, uh, what time's kickoff? I should know this as I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming eight o'clock. I've I would been, also I've been, assume I've just been in or I've been in like men's seven, origin seven forty-five. Okay, cool. Bit earlier, which is nice. Love Combank Stadium. Can't wait to get out there. Um, where, what's uh, what are some of the big matchups, and where, where, where do you see an advantage here? Well, you know, I when the the Blues are missing a couple of key middle forwards, so my Matalfa, who I think is is probably the best middle in the women's game, is out. But they sort of the Blues have counteracted that by moving Kezi Apps from second row to. I did to notice prop, that. That's which I think is which I think is her best position these days. Um, really excited to see Jesse Southwell debut for the for for the Blues. I think she has the capabilities. To finish, this is a huge call, right? She's only 18 years old. She played a season of NRLW last year at 17. But the things that I saw her do for the Knights last year, the 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 confidence of of her playmaking, the natural qualities of it, I think there's a chance that she finishes her career as the best women's player ever. She's kind of like the first of a new generation. She's one of the first uh, halves in women's mm. rugby league who has only ever played. Yeah, they didn't come across from Oztag or you or Sevens or anything else. Yeah. Just for pure... yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I had a story on her um, yesterday, and Millie Boyle said she's just always been a footballer. She's never been anything else. She's not an athlete. She's a footballer, and there's a difference. Which is a powerful thing, which, we've, as you said, we've not seen before. Yeah, so. and I know she, she, like, she's, she's just a kid. She's just a kid. She turned 18, I think, in February. But she has the capabilities to dominate this arena from the jump, from her very first game, you know? So I'm excited That's to see exciting. how she sort of goes, combining with Rachel Pearson, combining with Emma Tornagato. And I just, I think the Blues are probably a little bit younger and a little bit more dynamic than the than the Queensland side, which is very much sort of built on some of the champions of yesteryear. And some of those players are still great, great players, you know, like... um. Ali Brigginshaw is at lock, which I really, really like for them because she has slowed down a little bit. They've got Destiny Brill at hooker over Brittany mm. Braley Nato, which I think is a really good pick. Destiny Brill is, is is probably has a little bit more service and is a little bit more robust in the middle of the field. Taryn Aiken has, has proven herself to be one of the sharpest playmakers in women's rugby league, and so is Tamika Upton. But I think through a mixture of forward power and sort of heart smarts in the halves. I think the Blues might have a bit more punch off the bench. The I think they've got a bit more punch off the bench as well. So yeah, I'm gonna take the blues by eight. Why not? I'll go the I'll go the blues by ten. But oh, like righty. don't fucking listen to me. If I say yeah. someone's primed for a big Don't one, say it, don't you dare, me. don't you dare. Oh yeah, now 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 poor Jesse South was gonna have the worst career of all time. <laughs> so I hope you're proud of yourself, Nicholas. You've doomed the fine people of the hunter once again. Oh dear. My 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 dear Novacastrian friends, I am sorry. All right, we will be back uh, on uh, the, whenever. I don't know if you're a patron tomorrow. You, you know the drill already. There's more podcasts. There's always podcasts. There's so many podcasts this week, especially this week. So many, mate. I tell you what, they're just, they are just dropping from the sky like so many like whatever. Like I don't know. Got away from the, me there. It's like late the, at night. I'm fucking tired. Like the tears of the kingdom. There you go. Bang. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a midnight walk and see if I can work out what Origin is. So There's something about going for a walk at night that's so unwholesome. <laughs> Hello, mother dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, Campo. See you, see you later, guys. Goodbye, Bertrand. It's goodbye from me.